Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by my good friend and partner in radio, Ron Martin. Uh, Ronald, we are without Barnabas Piper this week. Pipe is traveling. Uh, I think he's driving with his uh, with his his family through the Upper Midwest. So uh, it's just you and me, baby, reformatory style today. And uh, I just want to catch up for a minute. So uh, so how are you, and where are you? Baby, I'm good. Um, things are going well. Um, I, I, it's probably weird that Barnabas is doing what I typically do. And actually, what I'm getting ready to head out to do, I'm heading to, to Louisville and uh, Indianapolis, of course. Of course, baby. But, now, uh, of give, course I am. Give us a little update. What's in Louie and Indy? Well, Louie, I have some, uh, some sojourn work to do in, yeah, in both towns. Of course man, you do. In both towns. Baby, so, did, you, uh, did you get any sermons in at your church? There, like in between Florida and this, this last leg of the trip? Now, baby, I know you're going for a little haha right now, and I get it, and I, I love it, and I appreciate it. But I've, I'm, I'm up to five in a row right now. Five in a row, dude. No way. So, uh, how yeah. did you get the five in a row in? I feel like you were, you were home for like two weeks tops. No, but I've been back for, I mean, almost a month now. Okay, yeah, babe. All right, yeah, baby. So how's the, good, how's the new yeah. neighbors? Uh, the new neighbors are good. Um, just did a little lunchy lunch with uh, with one of them specifically, Ooh. and uh, it was it was good, man. It, it uh, it's I, they're settling in well. Okay, and um, I I think it's a good fit, man. I I think uh, I, th- I think they're uh, they're settling in well. Baby, now sure. were they aware that you spend most of your time in Florida, and they left Florida to come up to Ashland to see you? I feel like yeah, we've made that we've made that joke about sixteen times. Okay, all right. Point, so you know, it's, so yeah, I'm yeah. less than original with that one. A little late to no, the no, party with that joke. It's, no, not at all. It's just uh, it, there's some there are some ironies going on. There are there's some, some ironies. delicious ironies, but uh, delicious, beautifully delicious ironies. Baby, what is right? life without a little delicious irony? And uh, I'm I'm excited for this show, man. I'm going to enjoy just a little big R time to myself. Yeah, but. likewise, man. It's, it's, it's big. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting without Pipe. We're obviously not going to get the mastery of uh, any uh, promo. Dude, we're not. And but. I'm actually going to try to fumble through one on my own, man, which is it's kind of got me a little nerved up. I'm not going to lie. Baby, you have some promo for us? Baby, I got a little promo. And this is a little like um, kind, of, kind of a nostalgic one, which is thematic because we're going to be talking about nostalgia on the program today. But uh, I had kind of not lost touch, but I'd just been a little, a little bit out of touch with Heck Ligaris, the great Hector Ligaris of Ligaris yeah. Coffee Roasters. Legendary. Yeah, Heck. legendary Heck, man. Like you, he's probably, you know, traveling all over the, the kind of the deep south looking for coffee beans and walking through the groves and all that. But uh, I ran into him at church on Sunday. And uh, he had a, a huge bag of coffee for me, man. He had some medium roast, some dark roast, and some tea. You're a you're a tea drinker, right, baby? I am, yeah. Dude, this stuff was uh, was unbelievable. It had a little like turmeric in it, so it was kind of like, oh, wow. yeah, a little honeysuckle, a little turmeric. It smelled heavenly. And uh, so it's just so like heck just to show up at church with a big bag. Baby, it is like heck. I, I wish it more is, people man. were like him. I wish I were more like him, to be honest. Yeah, um, I've never even met him, and I wish I was more like him. But here's the thing, man. I want to implore our listeners, if they haven't done so already, run, don't walk to LagarisRoasters.com, uh, where you can pick up a bag of Happy Ranch Signature Blend. That was kind of the flagship coffee flavor that really launched Ligaris Roasters a couple years ago. So Hector and I, uh, we were having dinner as, as the legend goes. I encouraged him to start a coffee company so that he could uh, make a blend and name it after our program. Uh, he did so. And the rest really is coffee and radio history, baby, in that, oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're both huge 
kind of multinational corporations at this point. It's that hard have, to remember life before heck. Maybe it is. It's hard to remember life before uh, a specially branded coffee with our name on it, truly. I mean, it I is. never in a million years dreamed that when we were doing those reformatory shows down in Fort Wayne that we would uh, not only be radio moguls, but also coffee moguls. And uh, it has been everything that I dreamed it would be and more. But, uh, baby, enough about Ligaris Roasters. People should, again, go to LigarisRoasters.com and, and buy all the coffee they can handle. But we have, uh, we have things to talk about ourselves, and we have nostalgia to talk about. And I feel like nostalgia is a big, it's a big part of our relationship. Uh, we are both Enneagram 4s, for what it's worth. We're both guys who like to, to look to the past a little bit. I know you enjoy that. And... Um, as we were doing our, our like three total texts worth of show prep, um, <laughs> you, you suggested that we talk about nostalgia. And I want to know, A, what brought that about, B, like what you were consuming that made you want to talk about nostalgia, and just see what kind of headspace you're in right now. Well, baby, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. No, I think, I think one of – and we've talked about this, but one of the I'm, – I'm somebody that has to fight against being consumed by nostalgia, right? Same. So yeah, same. That, that, that's, like an, that's just an ongoing, like, running, you know, theme in my life, yeah. right? And we've talked about that over the years. I think even on the show a little bit. Yeah. But I think what's, for me, what's unique about it, and I know this is coming from the mouth of an Enneagram 4, but what's unique about nostalgia is whenever it seems like I try to have a conversation about that with somebody, it's either something they haven't thought a lot about it doesn't really inform their life or it's something that they push really hard against. Yeah. You know, in, in some really, in some really, you know, peculiar ways. Yeah. And so to, so to have met you and for us, man, we're going on, I, I don't know how long we've been hanging now, close to a decade. Maybe almost a decade. And I was going to say, it's been a long I time. I know it's insane, man. It's insane. And so, um, so to think about, so to think about some of our convos over the years that have talked about some of the things from the past that have informed us Probably in positive and negative ways, but to the point that it really kind of it, it kind of makes up our present reality in, in the ways that we look to the past to give us sort of the the feeling and, and the hope. Yeah. And and the kind you know, when we start talking about nostalgia, it's it's something that is uh it's it's hard to um it it's hard to articulate as much as it's hard to break away from. Yeah, no, right? it it totally is. Let me give you an example, man. This is a convo that I have with KK recently. About and she's a seven, so she's an Enneagram seven. Sevens, yeah. I think, like the future. They like to have fun. They like to like plan the next thing. So, um, and I know you don't like talking about music, but don't don't dwell on that element of the story. So no, it's good. It's good. Um, I started listening to the oh the the record that Weezer put out a couple of years ago. That's all covers. I think it's uh-huh. called the Teal album. And um, I was loving this record, and I played it for KK and. She was like, this is dumb. They just, they all sound like the originals. And I'm like, I, I know, like I hadn't thought about it, but like that totally pleased me because it, it really, it did the right job of like taking me right back into the wheelhouse of where I was and what I was doing when those songs came out and, and kind of the feelings that they conjured up. And it did occur to me that it's because they sounded, they, they kind of like meshed so nicely with the, you know, with the originals. And her whole point was, like, why are you going to do a cover if you're not going to put your own, like, spin on it? And and she has a great point, but, you know, for me, that record was all about, you know, just being immediately trans- transported kind of back to the, the times and places that it conjured. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what what has done that for you lately? Like, is there anything that you've consumed, 
you know, movie, media, TV-wise, book-wise, that's, that's sort of taken you back to that place? Well, gosh, it, you know, it's so funny, baby, because, like, I, I totally agree with, um, like, I logically agree with Double K. I, I do, mean, too. Yeah, like, I do, you too. You know, a cover version, typically you want to take it, you want to add your own thing to it. Yeah. But I, but I did, it, it's so funny. By the way, that Teal album only came out like months ago. That's not even an old record. Oh, really? By the way. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like a newer album. Yeah. But, um, but what I liked about it was exactly what you said about it. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. Yeah. But I like the fact that when like they did Everybody Wants to Rule the World, it was like, except for his voice, you almost couldn't tell the difference. Dude, exactly. Exactly. And I just kind of, I just, and it, like Take On Me was identical. Dude, Take On Me for, is like, so identical. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Me too. I totally love yeah, it. And I, yeah, and I'm I'm listening to it with Tristan, and he's super into it right now. And he's like, he's like, yeah, Dad, like the the drums are more prominent in in Take on Me. And I'm like, man, totally. I don't know, yeah. maybe a little bit, but uh, yeah, but yeah, like as I was listening to the record, I just thought, like, my prevailing thought was, a, these guys must have had so much fun doing this, and b, like, they really love this music. You know, they they love this music the way it was, which I think is why they they tried to keep it so tight to the originals, maybe. But yeah, and I think that's and I think you just hit on something when it comes to nostalgia is that it's it's almost rejecting reinvention. Yeah, that's in right. Some ways. That's right. Like like the reinvention of our minds, which is, and you know, I don't know if I don't know if nostalgia is is sort of this rose color way of looking at the past. I think a lot of it is like we take what was most good, most memorable, and most memorably good. Yeah. And we sort of we sort of lock it into a place where it's immovable and it can't become bad and nobody's going to be able to tweak it or change it or make it into something that is is negative for yeah, us. That's right. And and I think and I think we get like for me, you guys know this, I and it and it's been it's been many a ha ha on a on a rant episode, but mm-hmm. like for me it's Christmas. Yeah. It's just go it was just a particular moment in my life where like everything was great. Yeah. And, um, and I know, man, I know that, you know, I know that wasn't the case for everybody. So yeah. again, you know, it's yeah. not, it's like pitting people's memories against other memories. I had sure. other things that people think are great that weren't great for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but that was one of those things to where when I'm, you know, like if I'm reading like a, a corny Christmas novel or man, I'm listening to some Christmas music or I start thinking about some of the traditions that we're going to lock into here in the next few months. Um, there's just something about that that fills me with, I think a longing that is also like it's like a measure of joy yeah right when you when you think about it it like it conjures things up that that deliver that deliver joy yeah you know into the heart a little bit i I don't know well that's the whole point that's what it should do and i i think too something that i thought of as you were talking was it's a way of like ordering something that was actually disordered in real time um you know so when i watch like a john hughes movie and I'm transported back into, like, yes. Midwestern public high school in the 80s, like, that wasn't idyllic, you know? Like, those those moments, they weren't bad. Like, I didn't have a tortured high school experience, but, you know, it wasn't as idyllic as I make it when I watch the movies, but in a way, it's like, I get to go back, I get to relive all the good stuff, I get to sort of see it through rose-colored glasses, totally. and I get to re-enjoy it, you know what I mean? And I think I think that's what nostalgia is really about. It's about re-enjoying, it's about appreciating I think it's about feeling more at home in a different time. So I'm I'm sitting here in my work office, and um, a friend of mine got me like a, a retro rotary dial phone because he knows I like old stuff. And yeah, uh, like it's sitting here on my desk, and I I never use it, but it's like just having it there is a comfort. You know what I mean? Because I think it's 
it's more elegant than like the current stuff, which you have to use the current stuff and you have to, you know, you have to have an iPhone or whatever just to sort of keep pace, but to live, to live. Yeah. To live, to, you know, like interact in any sort of a business way with, with anyone nowadays. But, but yeah, I look at the phone and, and it's a moment of like, I remember picking that up in my house to call my friends, to like set up movies, to, you know, to do all this stuff that was fun in the eighties and that I no longer really have time to do anymore. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's just a positive memory. So yeah, and I think uh, I th- another great example. This just happened yesterday for me. Like yeah. on that tip was, um, and it's funny how many things can sort of play into nostalgia. And I know that I know that we're going to get comments about nostalgia being a very negative thing for Christians. I, I don't think it has to. be Dude, that. really? Uh, um, unpack that, man. I don't want to get you off your story, but I, I want to hear why we would get negative comments. Well. Yeah, so I'll tell you what. I'll tell my story and yeah, then yeah. let's unpack that because yeah. I read I read an article. I think it was a I think it was a TGC article years ago about like the dangers of nostalgia. Oh my goodness, dude! Those guys yeah. ruin everything. <laughs> no, but it was funny because I was uh, I watched. Um, you know, for for me, a lot of it a lot of it is old movies. My dad was an old movie buff. Interesting. And um, so, like, I was watching the other night um, "Cat on a Hot Tin Roof" with uh, Paul Newman and Elizabeth Taylor. You dude, know? Paul Newman and, was uh, the money. Oh, the oh. money! He, like the original swinger, dude. The yeah. original swinger. Yeah. The original Vince Vaughn, right? Dude, right, um, man. The, the like the the line, you know, he had the quick wit, he had the the good looking face, man. That guy, oh, that guy was a five tool player. Like he had, there were no weaknesses in Paul Newman. No, no, no. He was the real deal, man. I yeah. mean, he was what we'd call just like a classic. Um, what what did we, method actor? I guess was that Paul Newman? I mean, just crazy. Yeah, right? just a great Hollywood superstar. You know, just a, I know he was. I know. And and that was and, when uh, they were making movies where you could just be a big movie star you know what i mean exactly. you don't have to do social commentary and all this crap that you have to do in 2019 you could just make yet, a fun like movie the, and yet this movie was just like this if you've ever if you've never watched it you should see it man there's yeah. so much depth and just like it's so deep it's, it's burl ives is in it yeah, yeah. And so it's like this massive cast for the time but anyway so my point with it though is like it's not like it's my favorite movie, yeah, you know, yeah. um, but the fact that growing up, my dad always had one of these old, he either had a baseball game or an old movie on. Oh. So when, so when an old movie is playing and just like the kind of like, you know, the kind of orchestral soundtracks yep. that they always have and sort of those jazzy soundtracks, this was like yep. 1959. So they're starting to get into all that sort of swingy jazzy stuff. Yep. And there was just something about that. Having it on, I didn't even watch it that closely. I was doing some other things. I was kind of in and out of the living room watching it. And it just it just brought me back to this like this era in this time where like everything felt secure. Yeah. And I think nostalgia, I think what it represents for me and you, baby, is mm. like a measure of of I think childhood security. Dude, totally. And that's ways. what you not to complain about our station in life, but that's what you lack when you're like a man who's our age. You know what I mean? Right. Like correct. we're trying to give that to our kids, to our wives, just to the people that we love. We're trying to like impart that sense of security i guess but but yeah i kind of miss i miss being taken care of in that way you know what i mean like i miss i miss my dad running everything and and me kind of not having to worry about it you know and i think i think when i would listen to these weezer covers or watch a certain kind of movie or whatever like yeah it does bring you back to that moment where you feel totally safe because like somebody else is in charge but you know just the, the the circle of life i guess now we're in charge and and we're providing that for others but yeah and um, i think that's a really great point too because i think um i think when we i i think one of the you know there, there's something in and we should unpack this maybe a little yeah. bit but there's something in our water 
that is so drawn to having that, to having those like sort of those, um, those touch points yeah. of that comfort. It's really comfort. It's yeah. security. Yeah. Um, what, what else, how else would you describe that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange thing really. Yeah, it really is. And I can see like, the more we talk about it, the more I can see like how the gospel coalition types would like shoot holes in what we're saying, because right, right, we're, right. we're, we're kind of talking ourselves into like, a lack of responsibility, and if there's anything those guys love, it's being responsible and being in charge, and and you know, like like head of the household stuff. Like they love that. And and well, the other th- oh, so go ahead. And to be clear, like I don't not love it. Like I, I'm not rejecting like my station in life. It's just, um, and maybe and you maybe you and I just had really great childhoods. I I think that could be part of it. Like I don't have anything in my childhood to be super angsty about. So when I look back at it, it it's almost. A hundred percent rose colored, you know? Yeah. And I think that's it. I think, and I think because we're fours, we have the tendency to, we we're probably more rose colory than, than any, anybody yeah. else. Yeah. You know, in that sense. No, I'm real but, grim um, about the future though. How are you with the future? Like I look into the future and I see gloom and doom for the most part. Yeah. I, I don't, um, I don't trust the future. Yeah. Same. I think is what it is. Yeah. And I think I'm surprised now we're going to get in the spiritual realm a little bit, a yeah. bit with this, which is what TGC was pushing against. Dude, yeah, and I still want to hear is, that TGC thing for sure. Well, I think what it is, Big T, is that like it's more of a thing of, of you know, whether whether we're putting all of our our hope and trust, like like we're we're, de- we're depending on something, we're depending on something from the past to sort of inform and shape us for the present and the mm-hmm. future, mm-hmm. rather than just having that trust in 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 the, uh, you know, sort of in the. Uh, you know, in the, in, in the immovableness of, of God, you know, so we, we've created something in the past that's immovable for us yeah. to, to sort of shape our, our thinking and our way of being. And I think what TGC, whoever wrote this article was going to say like, man, that, that's going to have, that's going to have, you're going to reach a ceiling with that because what happens when those memories aren't enough yeah. to sustain you? Yeah. And that's true. I mean, you know, so I, those, those memories can't sustain us. I Dude, mean, they can't, but I, I mean, you know, they can't sustain us any any more than like, and people use all kinds of different things to get to that feeling though. Like, I mean, if you right. love basketball Absolutely. and you have season tickets to the the Cleveland Cavaliers and you're going a couple nights every week and you look forward to it and that's your thing, like it's serving the same purpose. You know what I mean? Um, for us, it's just nostalgia. And and I think too though to put like a little bit finer point on it, there are people who get nostalgic for like. Oh, things were better in the '80s. Society was better. You know, Reagan was in office. Like, that's not the nature of my nostalgia at all. Like, for me, right. it's it's almost entirely aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I like the cars. I like the music. I like what people were wearing. I like the way the football uniforms looked in the '80s versus how they look now. You know, I mean, Absolutely. it's it's a whole bunch of things that really don't matter at all, but that add up to like kind of one big thing that does matter. And I, it just create it creates a warmth inside of you. Dude, right. It, it, and, and I think another big part of it too, and this is a this is a level that like KK and I have been connecting big time on lately. And I th- I think you guys could relate to this too. Like when you're young, family relationships have a certain kind of elegant simplicity to them that absolutely goes away when you're older. Um, when you're older, all these life choices that we make, whether it's going to college versus not going to college or being a Christian versus not being a Christian or whatever, like all these choices, how many kids you have, like how you, how you parent the kids that you do have. Right. So all these things come into play that tend to divide like siblings and cousins and 
by the time you get to our age, you've got all these like family relationships that just kind of aren't working for lack of a better term, or, or even if they're not working, like, like they're just like stagnant at best. You know what I mean? And right. so when we deep dive into this nostalgia, a lot of what we're enjoying is like the times when people just kind of threw the doors open and everybody got together and it was fun and it was lighthearted and, and, you know, it wasn't laden with all these differences, you know? Yeah. I think, and I think that's a big point. I think that's a big, big point you're making is the fact that I think we're looking back on something that we've created almost like time capsules in our, in our mind with yeah. to where they just, it, they, they're times in our life, they are less complex times in yeah. our life that we can go back to. And we can remember that there was a particular kind of hope um, for the future, because a lot of it was unwritten. We didn't know what we were going to become, what we were mm. going to be. And so it was kind of, that was kind of interlaced with just, you know, that, that moment in time where, you know, the world, the, you know, life could be anything. The world could be anything. Yeah. And I don't think it's because we're jaded and cynical now, Dude, but it, no, it does, I don't think so it does mean because we're, we're middle aged and like, there are some things that are sort of cemented now that weren't in the past. And I think that contributes to, we look back at, at, at sort of the feeling that we had back then, knowing that there were possibilities. Absolutely. That, you know, truthfully now, I mean, it's like there are certain things that you aren't going to become. There are certain things oh, I'm not going to become. And so it, 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 um, there, there's a difference in how we view the future, mm-hmm. and not even based on the past, but just based on what we would call reality. Dude, now. it's almost like a complete 180 from what it used to be, where... Even when you're young and you're, like, newly married. I know you and Double M got married young. We did, too. Like, there was a sense of, man, we could live anywhere. And, like, every time we would watch a movie, it'd be like, oh, that that city looks cool. We should live there or whatever. You know, and life was just one big set of, like, dreams flying at you. Whereas now, the reality is we don't want to live everywhere. Like, we we basically want to live where we live. We have lived a bunch of cool places, but we're kind of we're kind of done doing that, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, in a good way, in we're, good we're way. done in a good yeah. way of, of being in that phase, and we're we're super stoked about our church, and we want to be there forever, and all that. But like, but yeah, it does eliminate that whole kind of big sector of dreaming. Same thing vocationally, you know. Um, I, I think your twenties are filled with like uh, almost limitless possibilities of what you could what you could become vocationally. Um, now it's the it's the inverse right um it's like basically i just want to keep doing this <laughs> and I'll, I'll be really freaked out if i can't you know um i don't know it's, it's so it's a weird headspace to be in and for me it kind of colors how i consume all of my media because mm-hmm. in my 20s listening to music was about dreaming watching movies was about dreaming and now like it's almost flipped in that the best movie is the nostalgic movie. You know what I mean? The best movie is the movie that takes me back to either a place we lived or a place we traveled or same thing with music. I don't know. Are are, are you that way too? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. It, it goes, man, it's so interesting you talk about this because I've been having conversations about this for a while now. And mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things I mentioned earlier was that one of the things about watching, listening, doing things um, in terms of like, man, I, I love this song. I'm watching this movie or I'm pursuing this pursuit. Um, in terms of like it being a dream is because when you were younger, there were so many things that were unwritten in your life. And so there was mm-hmm. sort of like a hope 
that yeah. pervaded everything. I think one of the dangers is that as you get to a certain age and what, what, what comes with age is realization to where, hey, man, I'm just, I'm never going to attain that. I'm not going to achieve that. Or, man, I just, I thought I may have had the talent to do that. I didn't. It, it turns mm-hmm. out I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't all right. that. That's you right. know, and so there's kind of like these realities and realizations that come into your life, you know, when you're in your 40s. And I think it can, I think it can dampen hope down because it's a different kind of hope that yeah. you need to have now than you did when you were in your 20s. But I also think it can eliminate hope altogether. And so I've been thinking through these, these ideas about, man, what does it mean now to have hope? Um, and what, what, how does my hope need to change so that it's maybe even a, a better hope than it was back in my 20s when it was so laced with dreaming and probably yeah. a lot of unrealistic things that were never going to come true? Yep. How can hope be sort of like revisioned, re-envisioned now to where it actually has better legs to it? Well, dude, you know I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I do. I totally know what you're saying. And I think when it's working, right? So when, it's, when we're doing this well as Christian people the ceiling is actually pretty high for hope. Like, so I can go to the theater, I can watch the movie about Freddie Mercury and I can enjoy it while at the same time knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt, like I'm never like my band is never going to be that big. <laughs> right. Like, or <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to sell a book that's going to make me that famous, or I'm never really going to write a movie even that's going to be that big, but I can, I can enjoy the people that do. I can enjoy their stories. I can be thankful for, you know, just all the blessings that the Lord has given. And, it, and it's not like a consolation prize. You know what I mean? And, and a lot of Christians who are our age talk about it like, well, I may not have the money or the fame or the creative outlet, but I've, yes. you know, I've got my old, my old wife, Midge, and my 11 kids. And, you know, like we're barely making it, but we're happy. And it's like, yeah, are you really? You know, um, but, but I, I think you can say those things and, and truly mean them. You know what I mean? And it's almost like I've almost surprised myself with that where, I don't know, I'll watch a movie like A Star is Born and I'll walk out of it and I'll go, man, that was awesome. I'm really like pumped for whoever wrote that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad that's not my life, you know, and, and I can identify a lot of things in it that would probably be, you know, pitfalls or invitations to sin or whatever. And I can go... I really am like thrilled and thankful for the life that I have, even though it doesn't look like the life that I would have dreamed about when I was 22. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, um, I think that's well said big T. I think that's maturity. And I think it's, um, I think that the danger, um, is to, is that we can fall into cynicism. We can turn into, it is what it is. people. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah. Which is really, which is really contrary to the gospel, right? Because the gospel means that like we are, man, we are always moving towards glory, right? So we are moving towards like our greatest hope being realized and fulfilled. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's where we can, I think that's where we can have a healthy nostalgia, but we also got to make sure we have one foot out of it Yeah. so that we don't become, it, it is what it is. And everything great was in my past. Yeah. And the yeah, future yeah. is, you know, we're, we're not, we're not in the future is just, it's, it's, you know, it's dim, it's dark. I don't enjoy it. Um, I, those are probably just struggles we're going to have to work through and be conscientious of because that's how we're wired. Yeah. You know, I think but, so. Um, but I, but I think, but I think knowing that and understanding that means that we can, I think, in a godly way, enjoy some of our the good memories that we had from the past that can actually enhance our future rather than make us believe that there's nothing left to dream for or hope in. Dude, let me let yeah. me tell you a thing I struggle with though um, yeah. about guys like guys our age and a little bit older. So I was literally it's so funny. I was just having this convo with um, 
a lady that I work with up here in the office and we were mm. we were talking and I was like I feel like I'm the only middle-aged man in our metro area who's not like a slumlord. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like all these guys like their big hobby is buying rental properties and like leasing totally. them to people and like it's it's the thing that guys my age get super pumped about. Like, oh, T, I just I bought this house and I'm going to flip it and I'm going to rent it to poor people and you know, like they get yeah, they totally. get super pumped. It's their thing and I'm like I don't know, man. That's weird. I mean, it's just a like I'm I'm fine with you doing that and God bless you to do it. I hope it's successful, but it's like I can't imagine getting excited about it. Um totally. and maybe that's just a difference in in wiring or whatever, but I'm leery I'm leery of a middle-aged man who's kind of getting super pumped about anything anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Dude, you totally. see these guys in the yeah. church business all the time and these are like the you know, your big time kind of shellacked, plasticky church growth guys, they're all kind of like our age or older and they're still yeah. super pumped about things. And I, I just, I have a real disdain and and I guess like, I, I'm not finding the word, but I guess a lack of trust with people like that. Um, what, what do you think, well, man? Cause it, yeah, well, I totally agree, man. I mean, yeah, I, I love the shellacked image mm. of the <laughs> of that of that pastor that's sixty. He looks forty. He's too dark. His yeah. hair's too cool. Yeah, his clothing is his clothing is like I'm like describing myself right now, except I'm not sixty, right? <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, he's still no, rocking but, like the H and M jacket, you know. And it's, but like it's all too slick, it's right? Very, like it's too, very much too slick. Yeah. Every every time he puts on an outfit, it's one that he just bought yesterday. Absolutely, it still you know? has the creases in it from the mall you know right it's it's nothing that he's like still wearing 10 years from now because it's faded and just kind of jacked up and yeah, everything. Yeah. But, um but no i dude i'm totally i i totally uh i t- i i totally under i totally understand that man i think the difference is that you've come from a background where at some point in your life like the, the second half of your life has been you've immersed yourself in like basically the like the arts yeah and so yeah. like for you like just buying another apartment to like fix up and then rent out and then act like, man, I've become a mogul. I've become like a real estate mogul now. That's <laughs> yeah. really what I've been dreaming of is to be a real estate mogul. Right. I mean, for you, it's just, it's not really, that even goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We were like, man, I'm not sure if I want to write right now, but really what I'm enjoying is doing graphic novels. So everything that you're thinking about is sort of generated through like, in like you trying to do something artistic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I think that's just a, that's a, that's a difference, right? Yeah. Is because you're, the things that you want to do are not necessarily going to put like a ton of money in the bank account, although potentially they could. You just don't know. Dude, right. But right. Um, th- that's not really why you're going after it. You're going after it because you, you're, just, you're looking to contribute something of your artistic expression. Yeah. And um, so it's just, dude, it's such a different, it's such a different mentality, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? People to, are to wired people so different, man. It's, it's totally. It's kind of amazing. And it's like, I talk to some of these guys sometimes and I'm like, we're technically both men and we go to the same church and we live in the same town, but like we couldn't be more different, you know, um, totally. we, we literally couldn't be more different. And, but it's kind of motivated by, but the other thing too, is like most artists and let's just call ourselves artists, whatever okay. type wants yeah. to say, whatever, just for fun. We can be comfortable um, with it in this space. Creative yeah. types. Yeah. Let's just say that. So yeah, so as creative types, we're just we're not we're not necessarily thinking about everything we can do to make a buck. Yeah. You know, and so that's like true. everything right. So in other words, we're not like the sort of the end game in all of our scheming, dreaming, planning, and hoping is not like, hey, guess what? I I bought properties, I got a boat, I made an investment. Yeah. Like 
I, I started seven new businesses. Yeah. You know, I, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I mean, there's a part of us that kind of delves into that, but it's almost mm-hmm. through an artistic lens, which means we're, we're already, we're already forcing limitations upon us. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. I think I ultimately like, and tell me if this resonates with you, but I'm almost a hundred percent sure it does just based on like the way you've made your music and, and stuff over the years. But like, my my chief goal with almost any endeavor is just to be pleased. Like I want to be pleased, yeah. you know? Like I, I want I want the process of making it to be pleasing. I want the the listener or the reader to be pleased when they're done. Um and I think that's so often like it's it's at odds with the kind of high octane dreaming that I see a lot of like middle-aged dudes using to like prop themselves up, you know? I mean totally. they're Dude, they're going to the seminars. They're listening to the Gary Vaynerchuk. They're like, they're 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 doing the pump up stuff. But like, I don't know. That just doesn't work for me. And and to be to be fair, like I kind of want it to work for me. Like I want I want an entree into that world of like people who make yeah. money. But like yeah. I just can never seem to like focus my attention on it long enough to to make it work. You know. No, here's the thing. Like you're like me though, Big T. Like you like you wouldn't mind. You know, a couple extra dollars, you know. You, I wouldn't mind. Nobody's, op- yeah. nobody's opposed. Wouldn't right? mind. Not opposed. Yeah. But it has to be on your terms. Dude, and that's the thing. That's always that's the sticking the problem. point. You know, it's always, always the problem. There, there's the rub. There's, there's the, the rub. rub. There's the yeah, rub. It's like, so So I've always said that. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, whatever. A, a little more of this, a little more of that. Okay. Yeah. But like, dude, it, I have to be able to do it the way I want to do it yeah. to, to get there. Yep. And it's not like I never make compromises. I'm not. I'm not one of those purists either. Dude, I'm no. just simply saying, like, I can't go so far into doing something that has nothing to do or doesn't even resemble who I am. Yeah, yeah. It no, still I has know. to be kind of. It still has to be part and parcel of like who I am. It's got to have your signature on it, like somehow. You know, right? Exactly, because you know that if you were even to be successful with something that didn't resemble you, you wouldn't even want to do it after. Like you'd be done with it. Yeah, so quickly you wouldn't want to see it on your shelf. You wouldn't want to pick it up and read it because you'd be over like the the success of it, whatever kind of success it would bring. Yeah, you would get over that real fast if you looked at it and you just go, "Well, dude, I don't even know what I'm looking. I don't even know what I'm doing." Yeah, you know, dude. So let's. Uh, I've I've only got a few more minutes, and I know you've you've got just a few more minutes too. So let's let's do a little rapid fire nostalgia. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. throw out a decade, and I want you to name like a thing or two from each decade that like pleases you and and like does it for you nostalgically. It could be an article of clothing, it could be a show, it could be a movie, it could be yeah, for sure a record, whatever. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's start with uh, let's start simple. Let's let's go. Um, well, you know what. You're you're a little bit older than me, and and we both lived in this decade a little bit. Let's start with the '70s. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't as a sentient being experience a whole lot of the '70s, but I've I've grown to appreciate it kind of in in the like the afterglow. So uh, totally. let's go let's go '70s, man. What what is yeah, it? Yeah, so I agree. So all through the '70s, I mean, I was I was a little kid, yeah. but I was. So what I wore in the '70s, what I remember is I wore um, bootcut Levi corduroys. <laughs> there you go. And, yep. and dude, I had all the different colors. I had greens, yellows, tans, browns, outstanding, blues. outstanding. And um, so I mean, I man, I wore man towards the late '80s and '90s. They started re-releasing those things. So I wore those. I brought them back, and I remember just loving them because yeah. was, it, again, it was one of those nostalgic things. But that's man, that's one of the things I think about in the '70s, and then riding my. Um, my Schwinn Stingray. Yep. Yep. 
My my green Schwinn Stingray. That, that that's it right there. Yeah, dude. The old timey the old timey bikes. Yeah, with the banana seat in the back. Absolutely. And the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I and, like and not having to be all worried about whether or not it made you look tough. You know, like. Well, there's none of that. I mean, yeah. it, at least where I was from, it was just like, that's what you had yeah. and everybody had it. Yep. And it was just, yep. yeah, it was before you were thinking in those terms, right? I was too young to think in those, it was preteen, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 When life was real simple, man, real, real simple. Now, what was it for you in the seventies, baby? Dude, for the seventies, just cause I didn't experience it a whole lot. I think it's, um, I think it's AstroTurf. Right. Oh, dude. That's so, so funny. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the old school carpet that they used to play yes. football and baseball on. And it it just rips your body to pieces. Right. Like I played <laughs> on it some in in high school and, and beyond and like some of the arena football and stuff. I, I played on on the AstroTurf and it just destroys your body. But it looks so good on television. And it does. It looks fantastic. It's like it's like it's just it's what grass dreams of being. Dude, right. It, it's, it was this incredible like invention of the 70s like right when color television was popping and right when like league executives were more concerned with like looking good on television than player safety and um yeah i see those games from the 70s and i see that turf and i'm just like man this stuff looks it looks so cool now it looks incredible it looks incredible it, lo- it really looks incredible baby where did it come from did it ha- does it have anything to do with like the houston astros it does I mean, man it-, it was debuted i believe in the astrodome so that's where it came from. Um, yeah, All so right. it was like this whole futuristic approach to like Dude, I kind of thought that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah. we're going to we're going to play sports indoors, we're going to make this like, fake this grass. This is the future. We never have to take care of a lawn. Dude, that's again. right. This is the future and I'm sure the makers of AstroTurf were just like this this stuff's going to be in every lawn in America. Every you know, lawn and every stadium. Every kid's going to be playing catch with his dad on AstroTurf. You know, what absolutely. I mean? We're going to have it. We're going to have it in houses. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be at the bottom of our showers. Like everything is AstroTurf. Dude, right? And I would, I would have that house, man. If it were up to me, I would have AstroTurf in like almost every square inch of my house. Oh, dude, that I love be, it. Yeah. I literally love it, man. Dude, let's uh, let's go to the '80s. What is it for you, '80s wise, nostalgia wise? Fire away. Yeah, so this is what it is for me, baby. And we are going to have so much beautiful agreement on this. Mm. I can't wait. Lay it on me. But, but for me, this, this is the 80s for me. Okay. Friday night at a mall. <laughs> oh. The smell of popcorn. Oh. There's a theater in the mall. Yeah. Tears for Fears is playing like over, the, over yep. whatever sound system they have just like emanating through the entire mall. Yeah. And you're just sitting there just getting like drunk on like candy. Yep. And like in soda. You're Dude, video games maybe you hit the little arcade for you a few have minutes. Little if arcade, you, yeah, if you you're got, playing like you're playing Tron with yeah. all of your buddies. Yeah, and um, it's just I mean that was it for me, man. Dude, how about the, the smell, yeah? How about the mall being like the social nerve center of a place? You know, like oh, that totally. That whole Absolutely. motif is gone, man. That's a thing our kids do not understand at all. They don't, and in fact, when they go, like when you go into like a retroy mall, it's mm-hmm. almost like they're they're standing around going, like, why does anybody want to be here? Yeah, like what are we doing? We could get like, all this stuff online, here? you know? Or there's like, like there's that outdoor mall that's like we're outside and it's so much better, and it's like yeah, but the whole thing was just it was being it was like a world that was created for you, dude. It was like, a, a whole magical like a, a world, world where you might come it out was. of there with a new shirt, you might come out of it with a girl's phone number, you're gonna see a little beautiful baby movie. Absolutes. Yeah, the Absolutes. mall was a. Yeah, in in like you would go with your friends and you would have these experiences, you know, like, yes. and you'd have some stories to tell at the end of it. Um, it it just it felt it was like it, you felt at home. Yeah, 
It yeah. was like it was like everything. It's like everything that was good and right in the world. I don't know. It just it was it was encapsulated in, at like the mall. Yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Okay, dude. One one for me from the eighties. Um, and this we could go for a long time on this, and I won't. But like just in general, the idea of like network TV. Oh, um, for sure. The idea yeah. of like you get four channels. Um, there's only a couple NFL games every weekend. Like you have to be there when the thing is on in order to see the thing, or else and it you're gave not you so much it. to look forward to. Like every Monday night, like this comes on, dude. It gave you so much to look forward to, and and, and it also alleviated. And tell me if this is a thing you can relate to. It alleviated the stress of like feeling like you constantly have to catch up, right? So yeah, at any given yeah. time now, there's like four shows that we're watching, and we're really not going fast enough to ever finish them. And there's always this gnawing sense of like. Oh, I'd really love to have some hours just to catch up on this or to watch some ball games that I missed from the weekend or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, the, yeah. but the reality is you're never going to do it, you know. Um, and then when you would miss a show, you just missed it. it was you just no, missed like, it. That's just what it is. Yeah, and it's people no are talking deal. about it, and you missed it, but it's like, you know what? That's fine. You didn't have this existential moment of like, yeah, if I, if I like orient my week correctly, I can, I can squeeze that in at like 11 p.m. I can, I can just watch it real quick, you know. But baby, I loved – this is what I loved because we were in school like – I loved I loved having things to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Be, be, and it was because of the exclusivity of them. Like, That's right. I couldn't just see it tomorrow or the next day. Like I, you, you had to be there at that particular hour. Everything was an event, you know, yes, in a way that it's absolutely. not anymore. Um, well, no, like you can just create any event anytime because everything's available. The availability of it is knocked out. The, the just sort of the, the specialness of dude, it, dude. Like right? a like a record dropping was an event. Oh, dude, 100%. Yeah. Um, listening to music back then was so not stressful because it was always like, if, if I didn't get to hear a song I liked, it was, the, it was the radio guy's fault. Like, it wasn't my fault. You know what I mean? Well, dude, you would just have to wait for them to play the song, and then when yeah. it came on, it almost felt like Christmas more. It's like, oh, yes, they're playing that song. Dude, absolutely, dude. And I, w- I would, like, tape them off the boombox, you know, the, totally. whole, the whole deal. And, you know, now it's like... And kids, I, th- I think our kids, like my kids, they don't they don't appreciate this fully. But like, it's stressful to me to have literally every song ever made on YouTube, and I can listen whenever I want because it's too- you can't you don't even know what to choose. I don't know where it's- to start. I don't know what to choose. Yeah. It's too many choices. What if I choose the wrong thing? You know, like yeah. it's it's just a, a massive weight of responsibility that I that I don't want to live with. Um, okay, the '90s, baby. Oh, dude. Play some '90s um, nostalgia on me, man. I'm not a big. I know you're a way bigger '90s nostalgia guy than I. Yeah, I am. love the '90s. Um, love the '90s. Um, why don't you go? Why don't you go? Well, baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one that's gonna get you started, maybe, and it's uh, it's the movie Swingers. Oh. Swingers, kind of the seminal for me, like independent film of the '90s, and it was that VHS really moment, like that moment of like. Somebody says that you should rent Swingers. You rent it. You've never heard of it. It's this tiny budget movie with nobody in it at the time. And you watch it, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, they nailed it, right? Like, that's... Like, that was it. That's that's it. That's what we sound like. That's how people are. Um, it was just this really authentic, funny movie that you got the joy of discovering in the, in the late 90s. Um, that's a big yeah. one. Um, my '90s ones, a lot of them are movies or music. Uh, you've got Mail dropped in the '90s. That was a big one for me and KK. Mm, mm. Uh, gosh, man, I'm I'm blanking. There's a whole bunch of them, but um, but yeah, just just the whole '90s aesthetic. I think um, 
it, it's funny, and this is this is going to sound it's going to sound terrible, and I'm I'm going to do a bad job at explaining it. But like college kids now, like they care about everything, and they almost it's almost crippling to have to care about everything. So they're super stressed, right? Totally. But they're totally. all quote unquote activists. You know, like every right. dude is a feminist now. Now, like, right. and they're they're all kind of waving that around, and they're and they're they're using it as a, like a persona piece, and it's exhausting for them because as a result of being a feminist and a vegetarian and super political and like all these things that they have to be all the time, it's just exhausting. And like part of the aesthetic of the nineties was not caring. So really all we had to do is just sit around on a couch and kind of wait to hang out. You know, the nineties was all about hanging out. Like, where are we going to hang out? What are we going to do when we're hanging out? (laughs) You know, and and 2019 is kind of all about, you know, persona building. And it's, it just seems really stressful to me. No, totally. I mean, the, the, dude, the feminist thing is so funny, man. It's like, oh, it's I, have great, to be a, I have to be a feminist to get a girl, which yeah. is kind of the anti-feminist. Oh, for thing. sure. Like t- in order to be the kind of dirtbag that I want to be, I have to call myself <laughs> a feminist. I mean, it's the most ironic thing imaginable that they it's don't amazing. see the irony in it. It's really yeah, amazing. No, none. Yeah. Yeah. None. No, man, the nineties. Yeah. I mean, swingers is definitely there, there for me, for sure. I was on the road a lot. So I, yeah. I kind of started all my touring stuff in the nineties. So for me, it represents, I'll tell you what it represents for me. Check this yeah. out, man. Yeah. It represents uh, bookstores, Borders books. Ooh, yeah. I know Barnes and I know Barnes and Nobles is still around, but like all Borders and some of those other bookstores that Dude, were in B. existence. B. Dalton so, booksellers in the mall. B. Dalton's. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a few others, but it, it just it reminds me of just hanging out for hours. Yep. At, uh, at at bookstores that also had music. Yeah. And man, you're just drinking coffee. You're reading through all the magazines. And so that was, <laughs> yeah. that, that informed so much of our time on the road. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of time, but we had an extra hour. That's just where we'd hang out. Dude, reading, shopping, everything was so communal back then. Even like music shopping, you had the little stations in the music stores where you could like demo the CDs. And isn't that funny that they, I mean, that's all yeah. pre Napster, right? Dude, so they every, could, they do, everything they was very that. communal. Yeah. And um, now, like nothing is communal. So now well, yeah, it was communal because it was it's 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 like when it's like when coffee shops like came into like the forefront. Dude, the nineties right? invented coffee. Like yeah, I, Starbucks I, came out and it was like, oh, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna hang out at a coffee shop now. Dude, do you think shows like Friends like started coffee, or do you think coffee was a thing before that? I mean, I think that rooted out of it. You yeah. know, what I mean, I think that show kind of came out of that the culture that was that had already existed. But yeah, it kind of yeah. gave everybody like a snapshot of like we don't really have to do like this is what we're doing. Yeah, doing, yeah, doing what we're doing is, is hanging what out. We're doing yeah, right. Yeah, hanging out is that that's the end game. That and is the end game. That that's the justification. Is dude, the people hangout. do not do that anymore. You know, it's like I'm going to the coffee shop to study, or I'm going to like. I don't know, play... Yeah, it's become so functional, hasn't it? It's so... Everything is functional, man. These kids, these kids of 2019, like, they're very... They're very task-oriented. I don't think they're any more productive than we were, but they're, they're... they're just more stressed. Like they're super. I mean, you could up. argue they're way less productive because we didn't have even a quarter of the distractions they have for getting that's things true. done. Yeah, you know yeah, that's mean? true. That's true. Yeah, they're just battling the elements with that. They man. are, man. They're hacking through the weeds. You know, God totally. bless them, man. I, I wish them the best, but um, I know it's, it's it's man, it's a it's a weird world, it's dude. A, they're hungry for like. They're hungry for the things we experience. Dude, they are. They love it when... In the 80s and... I know. Dude, when I come to class and I kind of want to kill time and, and I'm not really feeling it, they're like, tell us some stories about the 90s, Cluck. You know, and they, they love it. They love hearing the stories. Grandpa Cluck. Grandpa I love Cluck. It, Dude, I, I fully embrace that role. I'm, I'm all in 100% <laughs> on that role. I love it. 
Um, baby, this has been a blast, man. It's fun. It's to, been great, man. It's, it's been fun nostalgic. To, yeah, it's fun to talk about the past Dare with I say. you, baby. And um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it'll be good to get Pipe back on the program. Speaking Absolutely. of the past, Piper uh, Piper went to my parents' church this Sunday. So what? yeah, so he he got to like chop it up with my folks, which is kind of funny. No it's doubt. like six degrees of evangelical separation, man. Everybody knows everybody. But, yeah, uh, totally, man. But yeah, just fun stuff, baby. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we have wandered to and fro uh, throughout these topics, and until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to LifeAudio.com.